Today on City Cash Chicago, we all know you can get books at the library. That's a given. But your library card can do way more than you think, even outside of your local branch. I'm talking arts and crafts, events, instruments. At Chicago Public Library, celebrate 150 years. We're diving into all the ways to enjoy this critical and free resource. And some of them may even surprise you. It's Thursday, July 13th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Patrick Malloy is government and public affairs director for Chicago Public Libraries, and Alejandra Santana manages the Manning branch on the near west side. Welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. Patrick, I want to start with you. One program that actually changed this summer, which was one of my favorites, was the ability to get passes to various museums and cultural institutions through the library. Can you explain what shifted and why? Our museum pass program is something that's been around for for several years and it's been very popular. But I think many of the people who have taken advantage of it have seen how it's uh, it's really been about a first come, first serve. You've got to go into the library and hope that the pass for the specific museum you're looking for is available in that library. And at times, folks had to drive from drive around to find the right location um, where that particular pass was. And fortunately, now with this, we have we're we're excited to offer this online, where it's it, this digital pass is available for everyone, no matter where they are. They just need to go into the the Chicago Public Library website and put in their library card information and there's there's a whole host of uh, of participating museums not only mo- many of the museums that have participated before but we've got several others that are around Chicago and even the state of Illinois we're really excited about uh uh, making this much more accessible for folks. Alejandra, I wanted to just quickly ask you, was uh, at one point were these museum passes available in your branch? And do you know how often they were checked out if they were just like always gone? Yes. So these were available in my branch. We actually had a big poster board where we had stars, where blue stars meant they were in, red stars <laughs> meant they were out. Um And it was a great visual cue for a lot of people because they would just come in, look at the board and leave. But we like never had the Shutt Aquarium or the Museum of Science and Industry because it was constantly checked out. (laughs) But when people came in, they were still like, "Okay, well, what else do we have? And they would they would uh, see something new. And then you would that smile would get on your face. And he was like, I I got you. I got you in here. (laughs) Uh, Well, Even though accessibility is at the forefront, Patrick, I know that you all have had to respond to some criticism from parents who say they feel like there are fewer options and that the newer program is more difficult to navigate. How do you respond to those parents? Uh, A few things are important to to point out. One is that, um, you know, folks are still we, we still encourage patrons to come into our libraries and we have knowledgeable staff members that can really can help them navigate. Um, They can still come into their local branch library, uh, get help online. But I think it's important also to point out that 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 our library staff, they're knowledgeable and they can connect folks to the resources in general. I think what's changed in like the, the Museum Pass program overall is I think when we first started this, we were the only game in town. And I think a lot of these museums are also offering their own free days yeah. um, for folks or maybe for unspecific days for teachers or for teens or folks with WIC or SNAP cards. And I think it's it's important that in addition, we want them to take advantage of this digital program, which we're really excited about. But there, there are other resources even going beyond that where we can 
connect folks with uh, some of these free days. And I think another important thing is that these this is going to evolve over time. And so I think one of the things in, in the past, we had the physical, a lot of what we we're, the, the money going into the program was printing these physical passes mm-hmm. to different locations. And, and now we have uh, potential partners can join over time. I mean, like you can check in, uh, you know, every once in a while and see that there are new partners or that maybe some of the participating museums are participating, they're, they're offering something new. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we really expect this to evolve over time. And there's also opportunities to go, you know, the Lincoln Presidential Museum in Springfield, right? It's outside of Chicago, but it's something that is included in this now. This program, is it year round? It's not just for summertime shy. This this website and these discounts will be available throughout the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Throughout the year. Do you have a sense of one to one passes, like the number of passes that existed in our library system compared to how many maybe free passes or discounts will be offered online? The specific offerings are always going to be set by the institutions themselves. Got it. But I could tell you that previously with the physical passes, we offered, um, you know, we, we offered passes for 19 um, attractions. And right now, we, I, I believe it's around 64, mm-hmm. last I checked, different attractions that we're offering. Beautiful. I love to talk about all of the resources available in the Chicago Public Library system. I have used our library for everything from archival research for my graduate thesis. Um, I have gone in there and seen plays and programs put on at like the Harold Washington. And I'm not going to lie, I've also gone in the Blackstone branch for a photo shoot because a background full of books inside a library just looks uh, absolutely fire. Um, And so having used the library for so many things, it's always important for me to make sure people are aware. So Alejandro, what do you think is the most slept on or surprising resource that your library card can get you? Ooh, I think it's all of our database access. Like you mentioned the archives for your uh, thesis, but we have so many, like A through Z, there are so much. You can look up, you know, your family history. We have a lot for genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some that people I know don't even know about, like the culture grams, which is a really cool database where you can actually look up like custom lifestyles of, of people around the world. So if you're planning on going to that country to visit, you know, you can do some research before you go. For teens, one of the ones that I think is really slept on for the database is this, like, it's a critical literary database, Mm -hmm. and it really helps the teens out. It's kind of like Sparknotes, but online. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I knew where you was going with it. Yes, yes. It's so helpful. It breaks down the themes, you know, everything that the teacher is going to ask you, it breaks it down. I was just going to say, and I think people don't realize how critical these databases can be because people just assume you can go to Google. But when you really right. want to get specific in something, when you want to find a particular brand of research or really hone in on a topic, those databases, which are often not only very expensive or sometimes only available to like people who are in university or exactly. in community college, these resources are available to all the Chicagoans. Yes. If you have your library card, you have access to the major resources like um, EBSCO and JSTOR. And uh, you don't have to be in a university to have access to that. And they're all scholarly articles. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot. We have so much uh, uh, educational resources. We have uh, BrainFuse, which many people know it as a tutoring um, 
database for, for kids because it's 24-7, but there's also brain fuse for adults. So, it, yeah, so the brain fuse is also for um, adults with job seeking and for learning, just continuing education. Mm-hmm. And within the library, we have access to, you know, like ESL classes, so English as a second language, um, ASL classes. We have a few libraries that do like get togethers. Mm-hmm. They teach each other. Um, they're, it's really amazing. Uh, all the things that we have. I mean, I can keep going. I know you, you just can. asked me. You just asked me about one, and I told you about. You six, were like, so "Let sorry. me go from databases <laughs> to classes." There was I mean, just we, so much. <laughs> I know people hear library, they immediately think the computer, books, maybe magazines. But right. your branch also has a seed library. We uh, do. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we created a seed library to kind of give more access, right? Like we're all about access. We're all about exposure to new things. And so we have, um, I guess it's like a cabinet <laughs> and each each shelf has different seeds. So I collect seeds from people who, you know, thought they were going to be gardening and then they don't garden. (laughs) So they're just kind of sitting there or from partners. Like we partner with a lot of organizations. For example, actually Manning is partnering with um, a restaurant called Eden and then the Evolved Network. And we are actually going to use the seeds to grow some vegetables and the teens are going to be able to use what they grow throughout the summer to learn to cook something later. Mm-hmm. So the seed library is just a, like a great stepping stone because we have the seeds and it's like, oh, well, I don't know how to plant. What do, what do we do? They, we have a whole bunch of books that you can <laughs> learn about. We, we have the computers that you can go on YouTube. You yeah. can research. You can um, figure out what to do. But the seed library, it's exactly what it sounds like. You come in, you can pick um, some herbs, some flowers, some vegetables, whatever you're looking for. And um, just take it and start growing. We ask that you, you know, it's kind of like a like a bartering. We ask that you come in and bring some other ones, but it's not expected. Alejandra, what drives that enthusiasm? Like throughout this conversation, just the amount of times you want to bring up a new resource, how much smiling. It's, it's very clear to you. Like it's such a huge part of not only your job, but your community. Like just what drives that that sort of love and an energy? Oh man, it's just it's just the passion of helping people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the library itself, you know, each library and the system as a whole is constantly evolving and constantly trying to figure out, okay, how else can we help our patrons? What else can we do? And the patrons come in and they're just so appreciative. <laughs> that's that's the best part is like mm-hmm. everyone who's worked in a library has had this happen. Either they do like weeks, months of work for a really cool program that they think is really cool, that they think a lot of people will come and you'll have one person who shows up. But that one person mm-hmm. is is so appreciative and it, it sparks like a whole career for them potentially and it makes it all worth it. For CityCast listeners, again, we're talking to Patrick Malloy, who is Government and Public Affairs Director for Chicago Public Libraries, and Alejandra Santana, who manages uh, the Manning branch on the near west side. Again, we know that the books are available to you, but there are a lot of other things you can check out and bring home. What's the variety of media, Alejandra, we're talking about here beyond just sort of books and databases? We have audiobooks. We have magazines. You can check out DVDs, CDs. 
Um, we even have what's called launch pads for the kids that have pre-programmed applications on them that are educational. Are those um, like the, the kid iPads? Yeah, they're pretty much okay. the kid iPads. Yeah, they're orange and mm-hmm. um, they're pretty much a tablet. Like it's exactly what it is, a tablet. And, and not only audiobooks on CD, but we have audiobooks that are about this, are about like what, like four inches high and you just plug in your headphones and it reads the book. So you don't even need a CD player since I know a lot of people are like, we don't have CD players anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're, if you're like a classic person, we also have vinyls. So you can check out vinyls from the library. Yes. We have grab and go kits uh, across all departments. So we have specialized kits that we are able to put together and offer to people who come in. It could be, you know, like an art kit. It can be a a science-related one. Um, We also have, on the computers, we have software that you can also use. So you can, it's like 2D graphic software, 3D graphic software. Simone, we need to go make the podcast at the library, G. We'd be fine. We could save a couple dollars just pull up at the library, (laughs) 95. Well, actually, what I really wanted to kind of go into is that we have you media centers. Okay, tell me more. This is one of my favorite things about the library. Um, I wish we had it for adults, too. So they're for teens. It's It's a center specifically for teens. And these U Media Centers, I believe there's like 29 across uh, the branches. And Harold Washington has a really cool one. They have a mm-hmm. recording studio. So that is where you can record your podcast. Um, but these U Media Centers have just access to all this technology and hands on like STEM learning for the teens, but it's also their own space. So they they can just chill in there. And while they're chilling, they can learn something new, some new art, some new science. We have musical instruments that they can um, play with. We have sewing machines. They can learn to sew their clothes. Um, Whoa. I feel like when we start talking about, like, things, like, for young people to do, it feels like people say the library, but they don't really break down what that looks like. Because when you start talking about what do teens want to be doing during the summer, no, maybe it's not sort of checking out books, doing book reports, even surfing the Internet. They got their phone. When you start thinking about instruments, when you start thinking about recording studios, when you start thinking about access to things like fashion design and software, these are spaces that young people thrive and that they want to sort of get a foothold in. Every library also has a teen space and that teen space also has some of these cool things like we have the silhouette, the 3D printing, we have a Nintendo Switch, the kids can come in and play, you know, video games. It was my after school hangout spot as a kid before my my parents got home. We would just go to the library. (laughs) And it has changed. It has changed since we were a kid as well. Mm -hmm. It has grown and adapted so much. And it's now a community space. Mm. Like, it's not come in, read a book, be quiet. No, it's come in, try something new, hang out, talk to us. What do you want to see happen? Because Mm. that's how we're able to make these programs and events happen. Yeah, I mean, beyond those important resources you talk about being a community center having social need as well and we know that besides what your library card can get you libraries also serve as heating and cooling centers branches carry things like narcan which is an overdose reversal drug what do you see as the role of the libraries overall in chicago a question to both of y'all start with you alejandra sure yeah the role is it's exactly what i was saying it's it's the main community hub 
because we are the only place that doesn't require you to buy something to stay in here. Like you don't have to purchase anything. So I, I'm just always telling people, go to the library. Oh, I have to print something out. Go to the library. Oh, I wish I could talk about this book. Go to the library. I wish I could, you know, make some t-shirts. Go to the library. Right. We have so <laughs> many things and you don't have to pay for anything. Mm -hmm. it, it, it feels like for, especially in Chicago, we hear so many organizations, institutions, you know, figures tell us that this is all of our city. And the library is one of those things that truly feels like from the most vulnerable member of our community yes. to young people, to elders, it feels like the library actually follows through on that promise of trying to be a space for any and all Chicagoans. Patrick, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that I think that the library, the main role of the library is to democratize access, just access in general. And I think people think of that, you know, traditionally you think about that, you know, access to books and materials and, and but but I mean, I think that just going to uh, I mean, I think the library needs to be responsive to the needs of the different communities. And when you mentioned the Mar the Narcan that we have available, like it, that that's a need in the community. But I think it's really important that we continue to look at ourselves and say, what are the needs of the community? Let's make sure that we are providing, again, that basic access to the to, mm -hmm. to whatever it is, the ideas of the day, but also those basic needs like cooling and warming and and just, you know, whatever it is that 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 specific community needs at that time. Yeah. I mean, Chicago Public Libraries is celebrating its 150th anniversary this year. <laughs> Alejandra, <laughs> how can Chicagoans get involved in the celebrations either at your branch or others? Oh, sure. We um, Every branch, all of us, we are celebrating the 150th all year long. So we have events happening. You know, we have story times. We have arts and crafts workshops. We have author panels. We just continuous celebrations of this momentous year. But yeah, all year round, um, you can go on our website at shypublive.org slash events mm -hmm. and uh, it'll it'll show you all the events across all the branches and you can actually you know filter by whatever is close to you or by the 150th and obviously we talk so much about physical branches but i want people to realize you can also i just got my email to re-up my online library card so you can also interface and participate in the chicago public libraries using the the online site and resources as well Yes, you don't have to have a physical card to use our online uh, resources, like our ebooks, our graphic novels, our C music, because actually they don't have to be CDs. But we do recommend getting a physical card because they look cool. <laughs> and you'll have access to, to literally everything, the e-resources and the physical ones. Come in and get your library card, and especially right now where you can get that 150th anniversary card. Uh, right. If you come into the library, uh, while supplies last. <laughs> right. Good mention at the end. Good mention at the end. Alejandra, be looking out for me. I'm going to definitely pop in <laughs> to your branch. See what y'all got going on on the near Please west side. Do. Patrick Malloy is government and public affairs director with the Chicago Public Libraries. Alejandra Santana manages the Manning branch on the near west side. Truly was great to talk to both y'all today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Governor J.B. Pritzker issued a disaster proclamation earlier this week after record-level rainfall, windstorms, and widespread flooding across Illinois. The order applies to eight counties, including Cook, and will allow access to state relief. 
Rain is expected to continue into the weekend, so plan accordingly as flood warnings may be in effect. Officials are also encouraging Chicagoans to limit their water usage. While the sky fell to 8 and 12 yesterday after a loss to the Connecticut Sun, there is something to be happy about as guard Kalia Copper will play this weekend in her third straight WNBA All-Star game. You can catch it live on ABC at 7.30 p.m. Saturday. There's some good news. Slow-Mo and Future Hood present the Femergy with Big Frida at Millennium Park tonight from 5.30 to 9. It's free and will also feature local artists Mr. Wallace and Jay Bambi. We love you listening along with CityCast, but make sure you're also reading Hey Chicago. You can subscribe now at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Peace. I love it. You're committed to saying as much (laughs) ish as you possibly can. I love it. You're like, every answer, you're getting 12 different things you could be doing, Kobe. I love it. I love it.